Berry Show on Rock 106.9. We're also online for you at WRQK.com and can be heard via iHeartRadio. Joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone, fresh off of a, uh, well, a little bit of a holiday weekend. I gotta admit, dude, dads kind of get screwed. Why do you say that? It just feels like Mother's Day is just like shoved down your throat and Father's Day is like, yeah, buy a tie. Yeah, but isn't that the way that most dads would probably have it? Isn't that the you think the you don't think dads would want some some more attention? The preferred method there. I don't know. I, my dad is very much one of those guys who's like I don't know. Like when we were growing up, it, was, it wasn't like well, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Father's Day? What do you want for Christmas? Like, just behave. Just stop being bad for like an hour. Like so. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. You know. I, yeah, I, but you're grown ups now. I, I still think it would be like, and honestly, my dad would be like, no, you know, don't worry about buying me a big present. Like just go, you know, pay your bills. Like that's that's much more my dad. Um, I went and had lunch with him yesterday. Day and that was you so know, that was Father's Day. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't like a big to do. It wasn't like a oh my gosh, here's you know a present that I got you, and here you know that's just at least my dad. That's totally not who he is. Yeah, I think that wasn't really. I mean, we were definitely my brother and I were definitely bigger Mother's Day people. It was like a bigger holiday in the house. I think, and that's probably true of most people. But I think if I was going, no, my dad's no longer with us. But if he was, I think my dad probably, if you if you were to ask him, and maybe he his name wouldn't have been next to the answer. I think he would have been like, yeah, I think a little bit more paid of attention to me w- would be a uh, would not be the worst thing in the world. I think dads kind of get screwed a little. Well, it's like an afterthought. I mean, but the same way with can't be a mom unless the dad. You know, well, you kind of need the the one without the other. There. I think the same applies on Christmas too where like the present that I got my mom as a kid was always like so much more thoughtful and so much more into it and so much more like what does my mom want? Yeah see as I'm saying as the world's screaming about fair and equality and equal all over the internet every goddamn day I feel like dad's got a legitimate bitch. Well good thing my dad's not on the internet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just think dude, dude, dads there. get a little bit I mean now see I personally like it because one of the things everybody rushes to for dad is get them golf stuff. And so yeah. like all the sporting goods stores and all this stuff send out really good coupons and stuff. Yeah. So I actually saved some money on some golf stuff over the weekend. But like I just, you know, maybe think about it. like I, there was like three commercials yesterday that were like, oh, okay. Yeah. That was very thoughtful. Okay. Dads. But for like a month out, it's Mother's Day, Mother's Day, Mother's Day, Mother's Day, Mother's Day. I think we're looking at this as the perspective from the perspective of sons too, where I'm sure that if we were women and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there are like, are you guys sure you're not? But Close I'm, sh- enough. I'm, I'm sure if we were women there would probably be a little bit more of like the father's day being special having that relationship you see that less like even in the ads yesterday it seemed more like sons and dads was like td ameritrade really? a really good ad and there, it seemed like a little bit more of that now maybe that was just the ones i happened to watch because again i was watching the u.s open most of yesterday yeah. And so that was probably the way you were being targeted is because they knew whose eyes were on the U.S. Open. So I can imagine that. But, yeah, I didn't see a whole lot of, like, father-daughter. Yeah, that is, eh. that just seems to be the more, you know, the, the, the more special relationship there. Like, I mean, and but I guess. Uh, oh, I, see, I've always walked away thinking it was same sex of the, uh, the child and parent that, that bonded better. Flying in the face of that. I mean, we went out to dinner with my girlfriend's dad yesterday, but it was the exact same thing where he was like, ah, dude, just give me a card. Tell me happy, happy Father's Day and tell me that you're doing OK in life. See, I just feel like men have been sold this lie of pull him up by your bootstraps and that whole thing where you got to be tough in the face of everything where you're not allowed to experience things like that. And so it's like we're considered to be like sissies if we want to be doted after. Um. I feel like sure. that's what, that's the way it's been sold. Uh, a little bit of the way it's been sold, but I think it's probably the, you know, there's a little bit of truth in the stereotype there of like, 
as the provider, you're looking at it from the perspective of, you know... I want some stuff, well, and, at the most, and I'm not even a dad. Well, for the most part, you know, as, as the provider, as the breadwinner, as the stereotype there, as the dad, you know, for 18 years of your life there, or for 18 years of your child's life there, it's you giving them 50 bucks and saying, hey, go buy me a Father's Day present. It would just be so much easier to me for me to keep that 50 bucks. I can and not have buy- it wasted on something I'm never going to wear. Right, and I can actually, like, buy oil and an oil filter for the car as opposed to, like, you going out and wasting it and then and, and putting 20 bucks of it in your pocket there. Okay. So All I, right. I would just assume that's how it is. Yeah, I mean, if my dad was alive, he probably would have still been screaming about shutting the refrigerator door and yeah. making sure that the front door of the house, I'm not paying to cool down the whole world. Exactly, dude. All right. Exactly. That's how it is. All right. I just, you know, I mean, it's just that Mother's Day feels like the world knows nobody can guilt you like your mom. And so- whip out the debit card and it's i mean didn't we we did the study it was like on average guys were spending like two three hundred dollars on mother's money. day now part of that i would imagine is that they were buying some of that stuff for their wives who are mothers yeah and that kind of thing but still it's like a couple hundred dollars for mother's day and it's like dad here's a sleeve of golf balls that cost you 12 bucks like, it just feels like hey that's the person in the family that really matters and you're the schmuck that got her pregnant <laughs> It's the way the whole system works. Did anyone over the course of the weekend wish you a happy Father's Day? No. No, I was was driving somebody for Uber, and he's like, hey, happy Father's Day, man. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have any kids. And he was like, oh. And I could tell he was a little bit like, what do you mean you don't have any kids? I was like, yeah, I don't have any kids. Happy (laughs) Father's Day to you. He's like, oh, yeah, I got four of them. And I'm like, well, dude, I think I'm in a much better situation. But then again, I was the one driving Uber, so maybe he was in a better situation. (laughs) So so you're still doing the Uber? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't see. So myself. you drove over the weekend. Were you yeah. busy? No, it was just Saturday morning, kind of a uh, a quick run around while my girlfriend was at work. But no, nothing too nothing nothing too eventful in the world. Is of that Uber right? Over the weekend there, um, my big eventful thing that I kind of have to, uh, you know, a, a listener of the program and a professional wrestler, uh, Joey Rogers. He was at an OCW event over the weekend. Get a little loose with professional. <laughs> and, and 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 prior to the event, like his dad came up to me and was like, "Dude, I'm a huge fan of the show. Joey loves the show. Blah 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 blah." And I'm like, "That's." great dude that's awesome um and so you know we're at the ocw arena joey has his match dude like two minutes in blows his acl mcl and patella so i just want to do uh i don't even know what the third thing is dude it's one of the tendons in the knee and like it was awful bro like it was absolutely could you hear it well i was in the back at the time but i could see it on the screen and as soon as i saw it he was on the ground you just knew it was done dude you don't have stomach for that kind of stuff i'm surprised you didn't throw up well and so i mean you know we go out there and, and and help him into the back and he's just sitting on the ground with this knee that is just the size of a watermelon dude just expanding in front of us oh. and uh and you know i just felt awful i'm like hey dude i'm glad you like the show but sorry your knee's blown <laughs> out uh so a very sincere and uh you know hopefully a full, well, yeah, we're not funny enough to fix broken knees a full and quick recovery to uh joey rogers there that's brutal it was brutal dude it was man that's i uh, i can only imagine i would have been crying and he was just sitting back there like god damn my knee like you know so uh shout out to him Oof. Man. All right, yeah, my day's going better now. Did you uh did you hit the course over the weekend or yeah, did I you play stay a lot away? of golf actually? Okay, I stayed away not. yesterday because of the rain and because of how you know Father's Day. I knew I was right. like it's gonna make everything crowded right. and all that stuff. But I did play Saturday. I played okay, not great, but we played until like nine o'clock at night. Like honestly, like at some point we were holding up cell phones <laughs> at the <laughs> at the ball so people could see. I mean, it was that when we teed off at eighteen, right. literally you could not see the ball in the air. Right. And so yeah, we played all day Saturday and it, it was uh it was actually a really good time. 
Um, I'm playing a little bit better, not great, but a little okay. bit better. So, but nothing Confidence be, coming back. Yeah, nothing. It's not like at the point where I'm like, I gotta quit this damn thing. Okay. You know, I, I actually had some uh, some decent shots. Although I should have used you Saturday morning for Uber. How's that? Because I was almost killed in a road rage accident. Jeez. Yeah, there's a driver r- driving around in Canton, Ohio, that honestly, whose driver's license should be taken away. Now I'm on that list too, but this guy, <laughs> but this guy, honestly, it was one of the most dangerous things I've ever seen. He almost caused me to not only kill myself, but a couple of other people on the road as well. So why do you want your boy involved in that? Why are you trying to take an Uber for that? Because I need you in cuffs. <laughs> I uh, no, seriously, but I, I was almost ran off the road on 77, and uh, I'm going to tell you that story next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone, just kiss your friend Pigs. The Stansberry Show, chilling in the studs with Matt 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9, online for EWRQK.com. We're not allowed to tell you about this until after 10 a.m., which means we won't tell you today. But there's a show coming in November that's pretty awesome. We'll have tickets for the rest of the week starting tomorrow. And I hate when they send me these emails because I'm the guy who wants to tell you. Good job not telling them. But yeah, November the 18th, that's going to be a good one. However, this morning at 9.30, we can give you a pair of tickets for Smash It Up Demolition Derby at the Star County Fairgrounds on June the 24th. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I would imagine this is a big Smash Em Up Derby town. Yeah, dude, there's no <laughs> right? denying like, that. I, I mean, because I, let me tell you, I've never seen the town that wasn't. There is something about crashes that just makes America go, yep. I'm in. Well, I mean, isn't it the all the appeal of NASCAR without the boredom, right? Yeah, without the 500 laps. Like, you just give me the part I want. Yeah, there is some truth to that. Have you ever done that? Been in a smash em up derby? No, hell no. All the radio stations you've worked for and they've never made you do that? Never been behind the wheel of anything, dude? Hell no, I don't want to be out there getting getting sideswiped. And, dude, I didn't have medical insurance until I started this <laughs> job, dude. What are you talking about? Of course I didn't do that. Don't worry, buddy. Trump care will take care of you. Oh, okay. You got stuff. No, I uh no, I had to do that. I had a but my buddy Jerry back in the day used to do it like every year. Like he like bought a car, did the like whole thing and Jerry was a race car driver there. He huh? was indeed, yeah. He was a big yeah, he was a big Primus fan go. too. Yeah, no, he uh he did it every year. I thought it was nuts. And then uh, I remember like the first radio station I worked for was like, you know what we're gonna do? And I was like, guys, you can just fire me. You don't have to run right. cars into right. me. What the hell are you doing? But no, they made me get behind the wheel of the car. I had to like get smashed up the whole thing. But uh smash them up. Demolition Derby tickets, 930 this morning. That again at the Star County Fairgrounds, June the twenty fourth. You know what's not so funny about cars getting smashed up is when it happens on real roads. Okay. You don't want that. No, you don't. It's bad news. So Saturday morning I wake up. And I was all set to go play golf with some buddies, and I needed uh, I needed some stuff. And like I said, it's Father's Day this last weekend, and so uh, all golf stuff always on sale. So I had some you know coupons, and you know Fantone's always telling me you gotta start using that stuff. You're leaving yeah. money on the ground. This is the second time you said coupons. Did you really use them? I did. I'm surprised. Dude. I did. I'm shocked. I will not do it in the grocery store. I don't know why. Maybe yeah. I will start to now. Sure. I don't know, but maybe it's because I don't want to keep them with me all the time. When Dick sends them to me in the in in the mailbox, I just keep you know kind of just put them on the fridge, and then when I go, then you know I'll use them. But right. I had like a twenty five dollar off the next time I spend like seventy five or whatever it was at Dick's. Okay. So I went and bought some stuff. Or I was, you know, I was going to go buy some stuff. So I leave my house early Saturday morning and I'm driving up 77. And over this last year, if you listen to the show a lot, you may have noticed this. 
But if you're just kind of like in and out every couple of minutes or every couple of days or whatever, you, you might suck. not. We hate you. <laughs> Listen on a show all the time. But I have really spent the better part of 2017 really working on my anger issues. Yeah, you have. And I feel like I've made huge strides in this. As a matter of fact, I saw it Saturday when a buddy of mine got so mad on the golf course, he whipped his hybrid into the cart and it snapped in half and he looked like a crazy person to me. And I was like, oh my God, I used to be that guy. And he looked crazy to me. And I was like, okay, this is exactly why I got to be working on this because I can't look like that. So I actually got two examples of this in the same day. So Saturday, I'm driving up north to go over to Belden, which we all know on Saturday, especially on Father's Day, everybody needs to buy things last minute. Like that was like one of the dumbest things I've kind of thought about doing. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. So I'm driving up there and I'm in the far right lane. Okay. Which is commonly referred to as the slow lane yeah. by everybody in America, right? Yeah, dude, that's the uh, that's the putzer right there. You just take your time in that right lane and get up to speed as you see fit. Yeah, that you, yeah, that's where you should be. I was choosing to use that lane because much like my anger issues, I've been working on my aggressive driving issues because I have had a history of racking up speeding tickets and it's cost me money when it shouldn't have and it feels like a mistake and I'm trying to better things and I'm trying to make things less expensive on myself so I've been consciously staying like aware of like how fast I'm driving when I go places I right. was always real quick ah 90 just do it who cares but now you start paying you know paying for speeding tickets and stuff it racks up a lot of money so I was doing the speed limit okay not below it not above it Okay. And if you ask me my opinion, in the far right lane, that is totally okay to be at the proper speed limit. I mean, yeah, I would think an officer of the law would tell you regardless which lane you're in, that's the that's the limit of speed you're supposed to reach. So, yeah, right. yeah, you're correct. So this guy in like a burgundy, and I'm going to leave car brand and stuff out of it, but a burgundy car behind me is like riding my ass in the far right lane. Like, he's two feet away from me, and I can see him in my rearview mirror. He's, like, screaming at me, everything, right? Jeez. And so, and I'm, like, looking at the two other lanes, like, guys, there's two other lanes. What are you doing? Right over there. Right? Veer to the left, buddy. So as I'm, like, approaching the exit, which, what is it, 109A right there to get Uh up to go up to Belden there? And there's a road crew like a sheriff's crew on the side like cleaning something up off the free whatever so the guys on like the side the shoulder like doing the finger point like telling me to move over the next lane and i can't because the guy behind me is two feet behind me and there's somebody actually in the lane right next to me now and i if i slam on the brakes this guy's gonna hit me so i almost had to smash into like a sheriff's crew of people cleaning up the side of the freeway i didn't and i hit my brakes right So the car that was in the lane next to me goes by, and the guy behind me, causing all of this ruckus, swoops around me into the left lane, and then as I'm going up the ramp for the exit, cuts right all the way across me to where I had to whip the wheel and almost like smash into like the cement wall, Jeez! and then by fate. Oh, as he's going by me too, he's giving me the middle finger, as if I'm the person in the wrong here. Now, again, if you listen to the show a lot, you know. I'll make mistakes, but when I do, I'm quick to blame me. I love blaming me. I love beating up on me. And everybody's done something inadvertently dumb behind the wheel. That's that's true. Hand raised guilt. Of course. Been there. Of course. Right? But this time, I'm all in the innocent. I'm all in the right. And the guy's giving me this and the finger and yelling everything he can out the window of the car. So as fate will have it, we're now stopped next to one another at the next traffic light. 
waiting to go past the mall. Okay. Which and, I, I, I hate that, dude. I hate when somebody gives you grief and you're driving. And then or, you end up at the same stoplight because right, it, it, it's like, dude, what, what, what were you so for? mad about? What was that all for? We're both right here. You didn't get anywhere any faster. Right. And so I just roll the passenger window down and I'm just like looking at it. Wow. I would have stayed back probably. I wouldn't have and wanted this. he is foaming at the mouth, like screaming, calling me every. And I thought about, I was like, pick up your phone and start Facebook living this right now. Before you get shot. And I was like, no, because that's how you'll get shot. And honestly, at some point, I did. I, I felt like such a grown-up. Because I didn't even like get it back in with him. I didn't give him the finger. I didn't start screaming at him. I could feel like the anger and the tension rising in my body. And I just rolled the window up. And I remember thinking to myself, you're not going to release this anger right now because you're right. And you don't have to be mad. And it was such a freeing thing. But like... I, I mean, the guy almost ran me into other human beings and then to a brick wall, and then I was the person at fault, apparently. Let's not be liberal with human beings. This was the trash cleanup crew on a Saturday morning. I'm sure it was a bunch of delinquents out there. Yeah, they deserve to go home <laughs> at the end of the day, though. And if they are going to get hit by somebody, it's not going to be under the wheels of my car. Saturday morning. What the hell are you in? This is the other thing I don't get. What are you in such a hurry to do Saturday morning? If you're going to get that angry behind the wheel of a car, leave 25 minutes earlier to get where you need to go on time. What do you, I, I just, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, do you should have seen the look on this guy's face as he was screaming at me. I would assume he's got the same look on his face right now, driving that burgundy piece of crap, screaming at the radio. I know you're talking about me, Sansbury. Nah, you look like a KDD listener to me. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who he listens to. Probably not us anymore. I hope it is. I hope you do hear me. That's why I talk about stuff like this, because I want idiots to fix their behavior. I know you want idiots to fix their radio shows, too. I got it. (laughs) We'll continue to do more of it for you next on Rock 6-9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show, Rock 106.9. Tickets for the Smash 'em Up. I want to make sure I have the name right. You get it right. I'll pay the price. <laughs> Smash It Up Demolition Derby. Star County Fairgrounds, June 24th. We'll pass those out at 9.30. You know what we're also going to do at 8 o'clock this morning is talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com, which is going to be pretty interesting. It seems like these Paul George rumors are kind of heating up. If you don't know, Paul George plays for the Indiana Pacers. He's told them, look, I'm not signing after next. He's got one more year, and I'm not signing after that. So you can either trade me or just know that I'm walking out. And so now it's all going to heat up. Is it Kevin Love? Is it Kevin Love going to be traded for Paul George? I don't know if Kevin Love would be enough for the Pacers to want to do that. I don't know. Um, I keep seeing more and more the last two days Kyrie Irving's name attached to this more and more and that I don't like at all. Actually, I'm a big Kevin Love fan. You could make the argument that he's not athletic enough to maybe keep up with Kevin Durant on the other end of the floor and that's don't kid yourself. They're going to try to build a team to take down the Golden State Warriors. You can make that argument. I don't know who's right or who's wrong about that. I I don't really want to move Kyrie Irving 
Um, and you've been hesitant to move Kevin Love, have you not? Yeah, I, I certainly am. And it's not based on anything other than really what you're getting into there is a pretty lateral movement. Okay. Um, Paul George is a better defender than Kevin Love. I'm not denying that. But I hear he shoots a better percentage from three as well. Um, but, but I don't know that. But, but, but what you get into a problem with there is you're really walking in with the same tools, just with different names behind them. Okay. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be enough to to compete with Golden State, and that would have to kind of be the thing that I think the Cavaliers are probably thinking about, too. Um, obviously, you get into contractual talks here where you're going to have to match monies. Um, I, 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 I view any player from the Cavaliers as expendable with actual talent um, because it'd be great if it was like, oh, well, yeah, you can, you know, trade, you know, Channing Fry and one of the one of the Williams is and all. But if, if, if we're actually getting down to it, the guy I would like to see traded, I just don't know if any other team's going to take him is you can replace what Tristan Thompson does. Like, I know that's a, you know, what I want to say. It, it seems like it's kind of a sacrilege thing to say how important he was in the finals and how important he was throughout the playoff run this year. Um, but that would make more sense to me than moving Kevin Love or Kyrie Irving. So I, I, I don't know if some sort of combination um, of TT and, I don't know, Shump often, or something like that, but it, that's, where, that's where it would make sense to me. I don't disagree with you, but often what's best for you is not enough to entice the other side to go into the negotiation. Well, but the thing is, is that the Pacers have zero leverage here. Like they None. Have, they, 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 None. They, they, are, they are in the position You're where, stuck. Where, where they're going to have to deal with what they're dealt as opposed to the Cavaliers who are able to kind of, they can walk away from this deal and be like, okay, we're fine. Where uh, Indiana isn't necessarily going to be able to, especially when you consider that Paul George isn't necessarily going to sign a long-term contract with any other team. And outside of Cleveland, there's not too many teams who would be okay with that. Because if we're going to make this trade, you know, in in the hypothetical, let's say the Pistons are going to make this trade. And if Paul George walks away a year after that, then what do we do this for? Right, nothing. Where, where, where Cleveland is one of the few teams that are truly in the win right now. Today is the only day that matters. Where like the Pistons' future matters to them. The Bucks' future is what's important right. to them. The Celtics are Cavs looking, are in win now. The Celtics, the Celtics are looking further down the road there, but Cleveland is is in that desperate. The window is open. Now is the time to act. So that really does give the Cavs even more leverage there with with the kind of like, hey, we're we're the ones who are going to work with you. If you don't work with us, you're going to get hosed. We'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com about that at eight o'clock. I feel like this next few weeks are going to be very telling about the Cavaliers. Um, with David Griffin signing still out there, looming out there. That'll happen, I it, think. It seems I crazy that it's not done right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I would imagine that that probably gets done. Uh, the rumor is that if LeBron doesn't win next year here, that he opts out then and goes and he wants to be a Laker. I, I don't know if that's true, but you're starting to hear it a lot, and I think you're probably starting to hear it a lot because, well, the NFL season hasn't started right. yet, and the NBA season just got done, and ESPN and Fox Sports have to talk about something. Right, and I mean, we were in the in the long di- the sun- the long dog days of summer with baseball, so like nobody cares that the Indians on top of the vi- on top of the division. Yeah, swept the of, Twins outside of us. You know what I mean? Like nobody cares about baseball. Nationally, unless, nobody cares unless you're caring about baseball right now. Um, I, 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 the thing I'll say about LeBron, um, and he put out a video this weekend, or was the Undefeated or the Athletic or one of those one of those sites that that, that does that um he was very 
what do I want to say? Um, put a lot of it on himself, took a lot of responsibility, and also very um, called Cleveland fans the best fans in the world. Can't wait to play for them next year. Wants to the things he was saying led me to like kind of like oh well maybe he is intending on staying for longer than okay. you know than just that. I would I would like to see it, and I think if he wins a championship next year, without a doubt, he signs again. He he'll remain a Cavalier. Yeah. I think if he doesn't win again next year, though, that thing that creeps into athletes' minds of, okay, how many more chances do I really have? Is it worth not, you know, what's the worst thing that happens if I leave? People are mad. That's all fine and good. But if I win another title somewhere else, it'll be fine. Uh, See, I think he's, he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't there. Worst thing that happens if he leaves and doesn't win another title, dude, then you dumped all over your legacy. Like, literally dumped all over it and that's got to be a thought for him too is like well at least if i stay here he I'll, is in rock and hard spot i i will always be celebrated here i will always be the person who brought this title here if if he goes to la and loses and gets bounced out of the second round of the playoffs in a lakers uniform right dude yeah. i mean then then what are we talking about if you haven't seen that 30 for 30 yet for uh, about the lakers uh, versus the celtics watch that it was i watched i i, I think i've i think it was only the four hours it was so i i take both of them Jeez, was two man, hours apiece. Hours, wow. Yeah, but they were. It was so so very good. That was really good. I do want to talk to Scott today about the Indians. I know a lot of people who listen to the program feel like baseball a little under uh, or you know represented on the show. And I would agree. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> Well, I'm not the biggest viewer of it. I, I'm, I I'll enjoy the Indians. I enjoy baseball, but I like it there more than I like it on TV. I, you know what I mean, and so I, I I don't I don't watch as much baseball as I guess some of you. I guess is my point. Well, and I, regular season baseball here, dude. We're still in a very very early part of the season. Like, yeah. of course, it's going to be underrepresented. Even hit the and the closer you get to a championship, or the closer you get to playoffs, or the closer you get to the end of the season, of course, we're going to put a higher premium on that sport. Eh, come on, man. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We will do that at eight o'clock. But next on the program, we will find out what Fantone and I think our testicles are worth. That happens next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend Pegs. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Oh, still a lot of money. After an, I'm not sure, after an unfortunate error during a surgery. This was back in 2013, Fantone, where 54-year-old Stephen Haynes went to a hospital to have a testicle removed. All right. One of his testicles had been giving him chronic pain. Wonder if he twisted it or doesn't really say what happened there. He just said he he was like in chronic pain over one of the testicles, ball cancer or I don't know. Maybe I mean, I, I would like to think that there's not too many things they chop him off for, but obviously there's going to be things that you know you're going to have to lose a ball for. I would think, right? Going to be at least a couple there, and they removed the wrong testicle. And in the years since. He's had what he describes as more frequent pain in the original testicle that was giving him problems. And he's also saying now that he has huge amounts of fear over having another surgery and who could blame him? Of course. Who could blame him? Of course. So a jury then awarded him damages of $870,000 in his lawsuit against... The doctor and the hospital. Now, the doctor himself is now 77 and no longer performing surgery. Is $870,000 enough for taking the wrong bubble? Um, 
No. If you're te- if you're asking me right now, would you trade one of your testicles for eight hundred seventy thousand dollars? True or no. false? But the answer you just gave me is perfect world answer versus like what's practical in today's society, and, right? And right. And if this happened to me, I mean, it's almost a million dollars, and That's I feel what like I'm saying I feel like a million dollars is kind of the line there. Now there's gonna again, but there's gonna be taxes and all that stuff, right? Like, what's he gonna walk away with? I wonder. I don't know how that works. I don't know how that. I, oh, you're taxed on. Yeah, but I don't know what the rate is. I don't know what. I don't. I, I mean, it, it can't be the same as like lottery earnings. You know what I'm saying? Like that has to be. I would assume. You oh, know, I, I just would have assumed it would have been. You don't think it would? No, I don't think they're taking away fifty percent of that. I don't think so. I mean, it's not like a million dollars. I mean, how old, this guy's pretty old. I mean, probably enough to last. He was 54 when he had the surgery done four years. I mean, yes, 58 years old. He's almost 60. Probably enough to last him the rest of his lifetime. But, like, is that really worth losing a testicle over? No, I'd rather get up and go to work every day and have my nuts. Right? I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like if you gave me $870,000, I mean... Do I get up and go to work? I mean, a million dollars is no longer enough to, to like, not go to work anymore. Right. Like, you could blow through a million dollars really fast. Especially at age 40, you don't, you know, well, I guess, granted for you, you don't plan on living too much. 58. Too, too much longer no, there. 58. So you might be able to get away with it, but it's not an astronomical amount of money. Ah, this guy deserves more. I, see, you know, this is being tweeted in. The dude had a bad lawyer if he got under a million. I think you're crazy. I think we've seen wrongful death paid less than $5 million. So if you can die and the right. family can get less than $5 right. millions and they take one wrong testicle and you get 870000 I think this is what... I just think we were so sue happy for a while in this country. I think that, that the system has caught up to that. And the and and the payments have caught up to that, and they've guarded themselves better now. Oh, undeniably, dude. Right? Um, if, if I don't know if it's still on Netflix or not, but I watched it probably. Well, no, it's on HBO, so you can definitely watch it. Um, this movie called Hot Coffee, and it's about the woman who spilled I coffee saw on her yeah. lap. And we all had this theory of like, oh, well, dude, it's just a sue happy country, and we all gave up our rights to like consumer protections and like the ability to sue. Doctors and hospitals And like Oh well dude There's never gonna be a doctor That wants to take this risk But dude If you F something up that bad There shouldn't be a capped limit Of how much you can You can sue that hospital Or that that doctor for Because dude If that's gonna cost you For the rest of your life And that's going to be A medical bill That you're gonna have to deal with For the rest of your life Dude Dude that was 100% An eye opener for me I'd recommend anybody to watch Yeah that was a really good documentary That's I mean That's why those things Are never done in the light of day and that's why they never really lay everything out for you. Because if, dude, if, if the average American really understood laws that were being voted on, nothing would ever get done. We would stand there and say no to all of it. We're, you know what I mean? You're always getting screwed. You think it's, I'm just, I don't know if he's, I mean, $58,000, This feels like a little bit like, yeah, I feel bad for you. It's the wrong ball, but you still got, the, although if it hurts. Right. I mean, that's ball pain, man. Right. It's like getting kicked in it every day. Oh. It's like doing mornings at Rock 106.9. Like, there's a little bit of of, of the masculinity taken away there. That's got to be worth something, right? You got to feel for that guy. Oh, dude, I sold my pride and my masculinity (laughs) for a lot less. iHeartMedia paid me a lot less, and I sold it right out. Sold myself right out. I don't know if he's got the biggest, but he's only got one of them, and it hurts. 
Ralph's worn off, dude. Jeez. That sounds like a great radio station liner. This day Asbury show. He's got one ball and it aches. All right. You can win a national title in a sport and still be very petty online. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why. Kevin Durant spent the night doing something really strange. And I hope his account was hacked. Because if this was actually him doing this, this is insanity. We'll give you that story next on Rock 106.9. You have not seen this head kick that Holly Holm gave Beth Carrera. Oh, that's online at WRQK.com in the Stansbury Show section. Don't taunt your opponent when you're fighting. Don't do it. Man, that kick is brutal. It's online for you at WRQK.com. We'll talk to uh, Scott from WinningForNextYear.com at 8. Get his take on uh, all this uh, Cavs trade rumors and stuff that we're hearing about. Also, Indians in first place. Swept the Twins over the weekend. A lot of uh, a lot of people talking about uh, Miles Garrett issues with him up in Berea, walking around in a walking boot. They say he's fine though. Is that what I dude? I I thought this weekend it was like, oh, he's wearing a walking boot. Is this an issue? But I guess we'll. Oh, they've gone back the other way now. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, this is Twitter. I'm talking about. So let's not uh, let's not put too many eggs in that basket. No wonder I didn't hear about it. You know, if it wasn't for the president, Twitter would be in real trouble. Yeah, it would. I mean, all they do is lose money. People always knock it for the kind of content that's on it. And if it wasn't for the president, like, the, like you, fans don't hit this on the head. And honestly, it was such an eye opener for me. Like, if you're Instagram or Facebook or Snap, like, you got to be hating how much he tweets. Oh, yeah. Because it's just driving people to that platform. I'm a little surprised that at some point there hasn't been a, I don't, don't want to say like a Trump exclusive Twitter, but like, I mean, a lot of people will be like, oh, dude, Twitter, it's just one of these liberal companies blocking down the, the, the expression of the right. And it's like, well, dude, your dude's using it a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> like, why don't why don't you guys back up off? Of and it? I know why. Why is that? You know, what, dude, this is who Donald Trump is. Twitter starts with T. So is Trump. That's the one I like. <laughs> That's the one I like. It's the, simply the best. It's the best. Two T's, two K's, baby. <laughs> a little inside joke there. That one's good. But Twitter can get you in all kind of trouble. Of course it can. Right? People get fired over it. You know, we end up finding out who people really are on it sometimes. And yeah. And I can mean, be disgusting. What, what, what seems like a good idea or a funny, you know, hey, this is a funny, you know, comeback against somebody ends up being a real problem for companies, brands, individuals. It's a very, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a balancing act of like, you have to be there. You have to be active, but you but do be it careful. too much and it's going to be a problem. We've actually, uh, Fantone and I have taken issue with something that uh, a couple of things we've saw our own radio. Radio station account tweet uh, mm-hmm. back to a couple of people who listen to the program, and we both said to, well, we're not going to get into it, but we both said to one another off the air, "Yeah, you know what? If that was us, probably wouldn't have said that." Um, a little bit of a separate issue there, but on Friday, dude, I was very like, I was ready to go in a Twitter fight because something you got into, and there was a point. I'm like, dude, it's Friday afternoon. What I do? Walk away from this. Well, no, it was we talked about it on the show. There was somebody who was coming after Jim Albright, one of the oh yeah 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 talk guys in our building, and you started you know going at it with this with this like, Twitter account and I was really close to like dude just go at it like you you got nothing else going on and I'm like dude it's Friday yeah, it's Friday, like, it's right. Friday. What, am I, what, what am I what am I what am I get into a fight with some idiot like no, I ended doing up doing that. the same thing where I was like all right yeah. I engaged a little and then I realized bro it's Friday yeah. you're sitting on the couch open beer in hand and the US opens on right you got a pretty good life right what are you arguing with this dude who <laughs> hates his life for what are you doing this for and again that kind of gets into what I want to talk about right now because 
because Kevin Durant has got a better life than I do. Yeah. Right? Lives in San Francisco, yeah. plays for the Golden State Warriors, just won an NBA title. Yeah. On all accounts, that's stacked up better than Stansbury's life right down the right down the line, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Okay? But a woman whose name on Twitter was Westbrook MVP, so obviously she is either lives in Oklahoma City or just a fan of the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is fine. You're totally allowed to do that. Right, and you're going to be at that point uh, very biased against Kevin Durant. You're right. going to be a he hater. He left your team. Right. He hurt you. You're going to lash out. Okay. So she did. She says, also, KD, I heard you like when girls fart in your face. Oof. Did you ask Draymond to do that to you, too? So he responds back to her, bruh, really? The fart in your face comeback? Question mark. You were doing so well. I didn't realize the fart in your face comeback was like a, a, like the old go-to. I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. Or is this something he's been accused of like before? Like, I don't know enough about his career. I, this is the first I've ever heard of, of Kevin Durant having a fart fetish in his face, but um, obviously there's different strokes for different folks, and there's plenty of of you know rich people who have had access to all the sex in the world who need something to kind of spice it up. And I'm not saying that that's what Kevin Durant's doing, but like, why not? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's very possible. Why? But like, my my thing with anytime somebody comes at you like this, and I think with any notoriety, somebody's eventually going to come after you, even if you're just an average person, somebody's going to come after you as soon as you engage no matter how trivial or how ridiculous they've or, won they won like that's that that's what trolling is people have kind of lost sight of that of like you just say things to say it in an offensive and outlandish fashion it's not about like oh i support this or that you're just saying things to piss people off when you're trolling and obviously this guy took the bait here yeah but there's yes she goes on to say i heard this from one of the hoes you screwed in oklahoma city he asks what the girl's name was and she says shut up i ain't putting her on blast like that I just thought it was pretty disgusting. Now, do I think there's a very good possibility Kevin Durant likes girl likes good looking women to fart in his face? Yes, I do. I know dudes. I know dudes are yep. into weird things. Yep. We're all into weird sex things. Anything that's taboo, you bring it into sex, and somebody's like, "Yeah, let me try that." So I could see this being real. And I mean, you know, like I said, Kevin Durant has had access to might- vagina. That that we don't even we oh, can't God. even fathom. Oh, and since God. he was probably like 15 years old when he like really started becoming a great basketball player, probably freshman year of high school. All of a sudden, mom's it was like, friends even looking at him like, "Damn, KD looking good." Every chick, yeah. and then and when His he went to college, life. and then he made millions of dollars in the pros. So like, yeah, your you're sex, a meal ticket. You, you you know your sex taste they 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 you know they quickly expand there. So maybe it is maybe it is a. I and, and I think it's also a possibility. Of maybe that's why he engaged back. Is that maybe it's because it's. Because maybe she hit a nerve here, a little low blow right there. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not going to say that, but it, it does. I mean, maybe. So I feel like over the past ten years, dude, there has just been an explosion of butt stuff in America, and obviously, I think pornography really kind of got things going. But like I, I, every video you watch in porn now, it's like, oh, dude, it's an anal scene, or it's a double anal scene, or it's a triple anal scene. It's like, good lord. No, like one should be enough in that situation, but but we're up to three. Um, and then there was that song. I would take half to be honest. <laughs> then not don't give me at all. Then there was that song, and they talked about eating 
like like groceries and they were talking about what? oral sex in the butt there. So like that was I don't remember that. Oh, you don't remember that? This was like this was like it was a huge song like two years ago and they talk about I don't remember that. they eat the booty like groceries and then that became this whole thing and everybody starts talking about like that and it's just like guys, now we're talking about like fart fetish <laughs> porns on faces. Like we just we just need to stop with all this butt stuff, dude. We need to put a put a timeout on butt stuff, figure everything out. You guys worry about GMOs. <laughs> you no know, locally grown organic, but eat the butt like groceries. I don't remember that. I can't imagine why that didn't become like a number one hit single. I'm telling you right now, I bet you we have it in here. Hold on one second. Oh, stop it. Hold we on. have the eat the butt like groceries song, and yet we're we're we're, we're censoring out goddamn and Weezer songs. Um, yeah, it was a Chris Brown song, and yeah, dude, it of was course post, it was. It was supposed to be, and I'm telling you right now, I bet you a dollar we have this. Let me find it. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I uh, feel like, I, just what the guy just won an NBA title. What are you doing, getting down in the mud? Like I'm just some schmuck morning dude, and you know what I mean. I, I'm Rock 106.9. So if you get me pulled into a Twitter fight, it's like, yeah, well, dude, Stansberry doesn't matter. Right. I'm not Kevin Durant. Right. Like, dude, you just won an NBA title, something only a handful of people have ever really been able to do. I know there's been hundreds of teams throughout it. You know what I'm saying? It's a select group. It's an esteemed group of people. What the hell are you doing, getting down in the muck over farting in faces, right? God, I swear to God, people need to hire me. You know, this used to be this used to be a a, a term f- from the show from which you know my career started. But people need a don't do that guy, and I think I would be a fantastic don't do that guy. Just take me everywhere you go, and I would watch things you did. And be like, bro, dude, let me tell you, that's instant stingray. Let me tell you where that goes. That road goes nowhere good. I just don't. I'm telling you, I could be the don't do that guy. And for as little as I'm paid, I need the third job anyway. Put me on your goddamn payroll. I'm gonna save your life. You're gonna, dude. Kevin Durant needs me. That's what you know. What somebody get LeBron James on the whole? Horn. Is that what you need? No, <laughs> LeBron. Was, hey, he doesn't need to. Don't do that guy. But I bet Jr. does. <laughs> I'd be happy to take on the Jr. duties. Oh my God! You will not believe. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna have to apparently get up on my hill and fight one more time and defend one more time Chad Kroger and the rest of Nickelback. That will happen next on Rock 106. Rock 1069. 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Can't wait to do that. Indians in first place. A lot of trade rumors going on with the Cavs. Can't wait to get his take. Maybe he'll have some sort of uh, you know NBA insider insight to find out if Kevin Durant really likes farts in his face. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I, uh, <laughs> we will have to find out if he knows anything on that. I found that song that was about eating butts. Did oh. If y'all do come close to me, he can want to ride off and it goes for me. I'll make him do it. I might let your boy show for me, oh. but he gotta eat the booty. Groceries, but gotta, uh, get gotta eat the booty like groceries. Yeah, I didn't remember that one. <laughs> and now I wish I didn't remember that one. Oof. Good lord. Okay, well, hit songs is actually what we're gonna really talk about right now. Uh Chad Kroger is the lead singer of Nickelback. Now, I want to make this abundantly clear for people because I've kind of like picked up the Nickelback flag and have been like carrying it into battle. Jeez. Like some <laughs> twisted Rob Stark on some like suicide mission for Nickelback. And I don't know why. Okay. All right. But I, but I have figured it out. It's because of the hatred that everybody else has thrusted upon Nickelback. I want you to understand this. I don't think they're a great band. I don't even really love them or anything. It's just the amount in which. The crap they are given for the stuff that's in their songs is ridiculous. We have forgiven cheesiness in songs forever. 
One here, I'll give you an example. Billy Joel, that's perfectly fine in the middle of a Billy Joel song. If Chad Kroger did that, you would murder him for it. And so that's what I don't understand. Is like they're just they are treated as if they're the only ones who have ever been cheesy in songs. Yeah, I mean it's hard to it's hard to see outside of that. I mean I understand that it's popular to hate them, and like there's a little bit of which makes you a douche. Well, I mean, dude, people like to pile on. People like to be a part of the crowd. People like to be a part of hatred. I mean, we do. We as a a society now probably more than ever have that like that bloodlust in us of like, dude, we can. T- tear this apart and you feel I don't know somehow or another like your day got better because you made fun of Chad Kroger yeah I just I don't get it you know I pointed this out last week too where it's like you know Metallica does nursery rhymes in their songs and it's like that rocks Nickelback does it and you hate them there's just there's not a whole I mean don't get me wrong this song's not good not arguing for that but apparently Chad Kroger was being interviewed by Metal Covenant I, I, I don't know why anybody named Metal Covenant would want to talk to Chad Kroger, but, like, again, whatever. And he was talking about Nickelback's musical versatility, which is a little insane. I'm not going to argue that they're versatile. They are what they are. They're not the Swiss Army knife of music. They know no. how to do one thing. I don't know. That, that, that I mean, I, to me, they're the definition of not versatile. Um, I don't know. They've got songs like Photograph, which were obviously written to be very... Um, crossover hit there. They've got songs that are kind of pretty rocky to me. I'm not like saying like, dude, you know who's hardcore? Bullets was good, right? Like yeah, Bullets, Bullets was um, good. Leader of uh, Leader of Men. Leader of Men was a pretty rocky song. So like, it, Leader of Men was a good song. I'm not saying they're like, dude, you know, they can do anything. Dude. Breathe was kind of heavy for their first record, right? So and, and you know, and honestly, much like Creed, where like they had songs that rocked pretty hard, but they also had songs that were obviously cash grabs. At least. With Creed, I could point to the Christian aspect of and like the the irony and the hypocrisy and who he Scott Sapp was behind the scenes while trying to portray such a Christian thing. So some of that hatred I could kind of get. Where Nickelback's never, I mean, they're not holier than thou. No. They don't take themselves too seriously. Not at all. They're kind of and so like I've never understood it. But Corey Taylor, most famously of Slipknot, as in his first band Stone Sour, he went back and put that band back together after Slipknot made it, and has kind of done pretty well with Stone Sour. They're probably not as big as Slipknot on a national stage, but they've done okay. I can think of like two, three hits that they've had, and outside of that, what else have they done? It hasn't been a whole lot. You got Through the Glass. You got Sail Haunt Me. It's kind of it. Yeah, as far as like well-known records. I will say that that, I forget the name of it, but that album that had uh, Through Glass on it was really good. That album was really, really good. But apparently... Chad Kroger says, you know, Corey Taylor's had a had some awful things to say about me in the press. He talks about how easy it is to write a hit song. Chad or uh, Corey Taylor is often the guy they go to to like when Dave Grohl won't answer the phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, we needed a rock star's opinion. Dave Grohl's on tour. Hey, Corey Taylor, tell us what you think. That's exactly who Corey Taylor is. It's who you get when you can't get Dave Grohl. And Corey Taylor has had some nasty things to say about Nickelback in the press. And, you know, Corey Taylor says, you know, it's really easy to write a hit record. And so Chad's throwing out the gauntlet saying, okay, show me. It's that easy, huh? Because that's what everybody says. Oh, it's easy to do what Nickelback does. Okay. And Chad wants to see proof of it. Show me. Because I'm the king of this. I do it every time the pen's in my hand, I write you a hit. So show me. And this is probably the biggest song that Stone Sour had. Hands down. And it was 10 years ago. Yeah. 
Now, I know for sure. I interviewed Corey Taylor on the bus when this record came out. I mean, it was forever and a day ago. And so a little bit of Corey Taylor, shut your mouth. Because you can't do what you say is so easy to do. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Slipknot had some songs that were pretty successful, but like, I mean, you can't really call them hit records. No. No. Now, I will tell you, the first Stone Sour record, actually, the first two Stone Sour records are really good. But again, I'm not willing to, I'll sit here and tell you that Nickelback's had good albums. Guys, don't pretend like when How You Remind Me came out that you weren't cranking that song up in your car. I know you were. I saw the research. It was my job to put the hook list together to send out to you guys to find out what you wanted. And what you wanted was figured you out. It was How You Remind Me. It was too bad. It was all those songs. You wanted them all. That's why every band after that sounded like that. Why do you think Puddle of Mud sounded the way Puddle of Mud did? Because this is what people really want, and that's why it makes me so mad. Is because it's the, you're only saying you don't like them. Now, are there people who legitimately hate the sound of Nickelback? Yes, music snobs legitimately hate the sound of them. But the rest of you jumped on that bandwagon because you so, even at 35, so desperately want to sit at the cool table at lunch that you'll say anything to be accepted. And if you legitimately hate how you remind me playing right now, if you legitimately hate this sound, then you have to hate Through the Glass. Same song. It's I mean, in the same vein. Not right. You can make the argument of like, all right, wait and bleed. Okay, you can make that argument. Way different. But but what's Corey Taylor making Through Glass for? It's a ballad. It's a cheesy song. Right down the middle, same thing he makes fun of these dudes for. And let's not forget what people get into the rock business for. It's for money and chicks. All businesses. That's what they get in it for is money and chicks. So why am I why am I supposed to hate it when it when it works? I just I don't get it. Heart attack! That's like on Rolling Stones, like top 100 songs of all time. It's the cheesiest thing you've ever heard. Yet Billy Joel's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, at least I assume. And Nickelback, you don't want anywhere near it. Your sanctimony on this issue is just unwarranted. I've never seen anything like it. Dude, how good was Slipknot, though? Pretty good, dude. The Iowa record was fantastic. You loved this band, right? Mm -hmm. I was a real big fan of these dudes. They were really good. Stone Sour is pretty good. I like Stone Sour too. But he, you know, Chad Kroger's calling Stone Sour Nickelback Light. And he's kind of right. Pretending Stone Sour. Now, the first record with like, was it Tumultulid or whatever it was called? And like, that one was really heavy. But guess what happened after that record? Somebody told Corey Taylor, bro, you're not going to make any money like this. So he wrote Through Glass instead. Because that's how you make money. So pretending he's something that Chad Kroger isn't is craziness. It's insane. You're just, you're walking around, dude, you look like a road rage person. You're screaming about something and yet you're wrong. True or false, this radio station should play more Nickelback. True. I would agree. This song in particular. I mean, didn't, he, didn't they write like the strip club anthem songs and like, yeah, I mean, did they write party records? I think you're thinking about Def Leppard, buddy. I think I, oh, yeah. I, you're getting confused. Oh, sorry. Sorry. They sound so similar. And that's the point I always make. The guy wearing the Def Leppard t-shirt screaming at me about how Nickelback sucks. I mean, bro. Like, sometimes, you know, I just need to record you next time and show it to you. Be like, look how insane you look in the mirror. Def Leppard rocks, bro. Play Def Leppard. Nickelback bunch of... Pussies. 
Okay. I'm pretty sure Phil Collin was in both bands. I want Corey Taylor to respond, and I want him to respond with a huge hit record like what Nickelback's capable of writing. Because Chad's kind of right on this. If it's that easy, everybody would be doing it. Scoreboard. That's all you right. got to do. Scoreboard indeed. We'll get you all caught up. Radio cheesy segue coming. We'll get you all caught up on all your scoreboards with Scott from <laughs> WaitingForNextYear.com next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Oh, my God. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Uh, dude, this, this this female listener who listens every day just sent me the video of herself in the car laughing at you telling people about the Eat the Booty Like Grocery song that was, that was out there. Me. I did not remember that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad people were out there enjoying that. Um, Kevin Durant probably out there enjoying that. <laughs> loved it. Jeez. Loved it. <laughs> All right. For the people that did not like that or don't want any more of it, waiting online, <laughs> putting his real life and responsibilities on hold so he can wait through that is Scott for waitingfornextyear.com. You're an esteemed member of the journalism community, and I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry you got to get down. It is a hell of a segue, my friend. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry you got to get down in the muck with us. I apologize. I want to start with <laughs> baseball with you this week if we can. And, sure. um, you know, Tribe sweeps, and they take uh, they take over first place, and nobody cares because it's baseball. But I, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I just like to give baseball people some hell. But this is exciting times, right? Because they were uh, they were. Well, all right, that's probably a little a little far. But but it is some signs of life after the, it had been ho hum for about a week and a half or so, right? Yeah, I mean they were they were underwhelming. Um, There's some pitching performances that left a little be desired, and again the relative inability to produce with runners in scoring position has plagued these guys for largely the entire season. Uh, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, though, the numbers bared out where they were just being incredibly unlucky uh, for most of those instances. And once that kind of reverted, um, and not just from a production standpoint, but from a, hey, these balls got to fall to the, the grass at some point. Uh, you know, they're hitting the hell out of them. They're just going right at guys or, or something along those lines uh, that, that, that the runs would happen. And, uh, you know, the, the four-game sweep, obviously key. You go in down two games in the Senatorial, you come out two games up. Um, but you did it in a very, very decisive way. Um, you know, Edwin Encarnacion was, has been huge. Right. Uh, he's, hit, he's hitting like 370 since the end of May, um, you know, with, I think, nine home runs, uh, 24, some 25 runs scored, some, something insane. Um, you know, so a lot of people who were giving him grief for, you know, grounding into double plays or not producing in the first three weeks of the season, you know, suddenly looks silly because, to your point, baseball is a bit of a marathon, and then judging one or two games at a time is, is kind of kind of foolish. But, no, they they look good. Trevor Bauer looked good. Um, you know, and once uh, Frankie Lindor, who's who's in a bit of a rut, once he kind of gets, you know, his thing going, um, yeah, assuming everybody else stays clicking, this thing could look really, really good. And one guy, not to belabor this too long, Bradley Zimmer, the kid they called up to play center right. field, uh, when when Lonnie got hurt and has stuck around, even though Lonnie is back, looks really really good. He had the hardest thrown out in baseball this season, uh, 101 miles an hour from center field, Jeez. dead uh, dead to catcher and nailed nailed a kid from uh, Minnesota trying to uh, trying to score from uh, from second on an infield single. I mean, three hopped it right to right to home plate. 
um, and it beat Bryce Harper by about two and a half miles wow. per hour, which is which is pretty crazy. Uh, my favorite thing from over the weekend actually was baseball and tribe related as Tom Hamilton during the broadcast said Edwin and Carcione for the Minnesota Twins nothing. <laughs> and I love that. And, you know, Hammy's the best. And, and I always say that when I die that I want him to do the call. Like I want him as they're carrying my body out. I want Hammy making the call because yeah. I just think he'd be so good at it. And uh, I, I think when that guy finally hangs it up, we are going to actually – find out just how special Tom Hamilton really is, right? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, I, I've argued for a while. We've been locally very, very uh, spoiled uh, by, you know, like Joe Tate, uh, you know, even like old school, like Nev Chandler, even current day Jimmy Donovan, but, but Tom Hamilton as well. Uh, the broadcasters in Cleveland across all the sports, Better I would put up against any, any city in the country. And that I mean, when you have to, when you include all of them, um, you know, I know, I know each each city has like their guy or their one guy, and you know, obviously with the Dodgers, um, you know, Vince Scully and the guy's a legend. You know, I'm not right. going to put Handy up against that. But when you take the city as a whole and what we get to listen to, and I, and I know not many people listen to sports anymore on the radio, um, you know, given all the other <laughs> all the other options and streaming makes that difficult and things like that, but. Um, you know the, the 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 quality of the commentary and the play-by-play that we have on the airwaves is I would put up against any city in, in the in the entire country, and I think that says a lot. I think what happens there is you're right. Like the play-by-play dudes have been fantastic. I mean, you even look at Better you know at Austin and Fred, and there's just a million dudes you can point at and say, "Wow!" But the problem is, is the talking heads outside of Ken Carmen. I mean, there's just a literal crap ton of garbage that comes out on the airwaves and the sports talkers in in Northeast Ohio. So it's it's a balancing act there, I guess. Um, before we get off the end. Um, you know, you mentioned Trevor Bauer, dude. He did. He was in control of that game. I felt like the entire time yesterday. Obviously, Corey Kluber is doing his thing. Um, do you feel like the Indians have really figured out their pitching rotation right now, or is that still a little bit of a question mark? Well, it's a question mark. I told you, Danny Salazar um, is is one back and two back to where he 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 needs to be. I mean, they have you know, Kluber Carrasco are, are a hell of a one two. You know, especially when when uh, when Carlos is. I mean, you, there's there's times when Carlos is throwing at levels that look better than Corey Kluber. Uh, but you know, he he does still have a bit of some inconsistency. Um, you know, but after that, that's where things kind of get dicey. If you get yesterday's Trevor Bauer, you know, you have a you know a number two guy you know pitching in your number three spot. That that's great. The issue becomes Trevor's inconsistent as well. Um, you know, then you know Mike Clevenger. Uh, you know his control issues make him still a tough start. Josh Tomlin, uh, his penchant—you know—to give up the fly ball and some home runs. You know, in, in unfortunate situations, make that a bit dicey. But you can have weeks where all these guys are clicking, like you had, in, you know, in some of the postseason last year, and and they look amazing. Uh, but you know, ideally, Danny Salazar comes back, you know, is healthy uh, for for the rest of the season. He slots in at number three. Then you have Bauer, a number two guy, pitching number four. And then you can have Tomlin. Pitch in number five, and then you you give you give Clevenger a start only when needed. So I mean, there's there's still a little bit of ways to go, but they're but they're looking much much better now than they have been through 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 points of the season. You know, you could argue that the Indians have been in this only because their bullpen has been so dominant. Um, you know, the run scoring hasn't been there. The you know it consistently the starting pitching hasn't been there consistently. Kluber was out for a couple starts, so if it wasn't for the bullpen, you know, who knows where these guys would be. 
But that said, you know, once once the rest of this team catches up to where you know the pen has been, um, you know, I think I think you're, you're going to start to see, you know, six of eight, seven of nine, and then this team really start to pull ahead in the central. We're talking to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram. It's at WFNY Scott. And uh, we'll move to the Cavaliers now as there's a lot of news going around. Uh, Paul George, Indiana Pacer, great, has told the team, look, I'm not signing after next year. Um, you can trade me, or but I am going to leave the franchise. There's a lot of rumors. Trade Kevin Love. I'm not sure Kevin Love's going to be enough bait for Indiana, uh, for Indiana to make the trade, although they're kind of in a rock and a hard spot. What, in your best estimation, happens here with the Cavs roster? Well, I don't know. Uh, in terms of you know what happens with the roster itself, um, you know, in, you know, well, there's, there's I mean, the, the weird thing you mentioned about Kevin Love is fan perception and Twitter perception is wildly different in terms of how GMs and everyone else. I mean, the guy's an all star. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, really? You know, we, we you know, so you, you, we, we, for whatever reason, we talk about him like he's you know uh-huh. a, a, you know lucky to be a 15 and seven guy. Right. You know, when he's an all star starting power forward and he's. Um, you know, so there, there's a lot of thinking that if, if the Cavs were to come to the table with love today, Indiana would take that trade. Um, because you're, you're not, to get an all-star power forward for a guy who's walking in a year is something you just do. Um, but there's also a lot of thinking that the Cavs aren't coming to the table with that. They're, they're starting even lower. And I don't know if that means like Tristan Thompson, Iman Shumpert, and a draft pick. I don't know if, it's, you know, if, if a guy like JR is involved or Channing Fry is involved. Um, but it doesn't sound like the Cavs are really even entertaining Kevin Love at this point um, because, you know, we talked last week, and I told you I think my, the, the likelihood of George coming to Cleveland is about 5%, you know, and then Paul decides to do everyone a favor and say he's not coming back to Indiana regardless of the contract size, um, and then you, you know, so that, that, that shifts things wildly. Um, you know, the other, I think the other team that the Cavs need to look out for here is, is, is Boston. I mean, they just made another trade. Uh, they moved out of the, you know, the they moved that, they moved, uh, yeah. they moved down, you know, in the in the in the NBA draft and acquired some more draft picks. And something like that could be pretty enticing to a team like Indiana. And that's something that that's the Cavs fair. don't have. So, you know, the that or a third team. You know, there's a lot of thinking that a third team could be in play. You know, maybe the Cavs have to at that point send Love somewhere, say Phoenix or Denver, and then those two, one of those two teams, send something more, more a little younger and a little more long-term back to Indiana. So, the, But the good news is, as, as much as this escalated pretty quickly, it sounds like Thursday is the deadline for a lot of this to get done because Indiana wants to know what they're dealing with heading into the draft. I would too. Yeah, and obviously Indiana does want to get stuff done here within this next week, and I would assume the Cavaliers are also in that predicament just based on the fact of the wheeler and dealer of the Cavaliers, David Griffin, general manager right there. I believe his contract's up at the end of the month, and as far as I know, there hasn't been any movement on that, correct? Not that I'm aware of. He is the one making the the calls here for George. Um, But also, you know, as the 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 good news is, with the Cavs going, you know, as deep into the postseason as they have, all of the other opportunities that were looking to be filled, teams couldn't wait for the Cavs to be done playing basketball before they start doing their draft and, you know, setting their draft boards and, and eyeing up their free agency stuff because that starts in July. Um, you know, so you, if, if, if Griff is under, under contract till June 30th you're, you're in, and free agency starts July 1st, you know, teams really need to get that in line. So, the, you know, Dan, Dan Gilbert, in a way, had a little bit of leverage because other teams needed to fill those vacancies much quicker 
than uh, than than the Cavs would allow Griff to to interview. And then think back to you know a lot of times when the Browns are looking for head coaches and they're waiting for the Patriots to finish so they can interview some of these coordinators. You know they have to wait till the Super Bowl. And by that point, they, the, the Browns want to get their their spots filled. So the Matt Patricias and the and the you know and of the world you know don't get, don't really get the shot because they need to fill those vacancies a little quicker. So that that worked in the Cavs' benefit there. Maybe not Griff financially. Um, you know, maybe he could have had a president of operations or some sort of Phil Jackson kind of role, and maybe he could stay with Cleveland. But uh, I, I I had to estimate now. Um, I think that he he'll be back just because of the way he is navigating this team. But maybe. You know, maybe this Paul George thing is uh, is the the last resume item, you know, on on that on that sheet before he he gets back to the negotiating table. But it sounds to me like he'll be back. Uh, just, but I don't know if that is because Dan Gilbert's choice or if that's because there's just not many other places for him to go at this point. We're talking to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. I would be remiss if I let you go without asking you this question because it's what everybody nationally is talking about. Um, the rumor is that Paul George plays one more year in Indy and then ends up a Laker because he's been pretty open about the fact that he would like to be a Laker. And the rumor is if LeBron James does not win next year in a Cavaliers uniform, that he goes West and he teams up with Paul George and the Lakers. So ballpark it for me. Is it 30% that happens or under? Uh, I would say under, because I don't know if any of them really know what they want to do at this point. Um, You know, I, I do agree with, the thinking that getting Paul George here and getting to the NBA Finals and or winning a championship changes things dramatically. Stops that conversation. Um, I agree. In, in terms of in terms of right in terms of wanting to change. I agree. You know, not even locations, but conferences and the whole thing. Um, but if I'm a Cavs fan, I, I do caveat this. If I'm a Cavs fan, I go into this season not worrying about two years from now, but one enjoying. You know the potential of having a big four or even a big three if one of them gets moved for Paul George um, because of the contract situation. Um, you, you, we can't we can't watch every every you know game or watch every quarter or every move with with the fear that this is going to end because it's going to end at some point. And based on the contracts and how they line up, it could have the, you know this last year could be the one. Um, but I but I do agree with a lot of the sentiment that if they win here. Um, it could be it, it's it's very tough to leave that situation. Um, if if LA somehow doesn't you know him trade for Paul, and they have Lonzo Ball and Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell, and somehow have enough group space for the contracts of LeBron and Paul George, it'd be very tough to not go there. If things don't go the Cavs way this season, um, you know I, it's you know from a long term standpoint. That roster is really really good, um, and then then the kid Brandon Ingram, the kid they drafted last right. year. So, you know, there's a lot of cheap talent out there. So it would make sense, you know, given Paul George's, uh, you know, you know, affection LA. for L.A. and LeBron's house out there and being going to be 34. But uh, to ballpark that now, you know, not even knowing what the Cavs roster looks like, not knowing what the rest of the NBA landscape looks like. Uh, and I believe LeBron has no idea what he's going to do. Um, do. It's, it's, tough, it's tough to give that anything shy of, you know, that 5%, 10%. That's Scott from winning for next year.com. Thanks, buddy. Uh, we'll talk to you again next Monday. 
Sounds good. Take care, guys. You know what's crazy is what could end up happening is we could end up having Paul George here, yeah. LeBron James here, Kevin Love gets traded, and then they don't win the title. LeBron and Paul George both leave, and then Kevin Love's looking back at Cleveland going, well, you at least could have had me still there. I, I'd rather sit there with none than one. You know what is I that mean? Right? Okay. Well, I mean, because at that point you go into complete and utter rebuild mode. Why, what's Kevin Love Versus holding on to one piece. Is it enough to put the whole team around? Yeah, there's an argument to be made for that for sure. More Stansbury Show up next on Rock 106. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. We're online for WRQK.com. If you missed Scott from Waiting for Next Year.com earlier uh, this hour, you'll be able to podcast that at WRQK.com shortly after the program ends. Poor dude. Comes in, does the show every single Monday, and we set him up with hey, dude, talk about eating booties like groceries. Yeah. Steam broadcaster. Yeah. See, if you weren't here for the <laughs> earlier portion of the program, right now you're like, what? But uh, we've been asked actually to highlight said audio and, and slow that down, and we will do that to end the program a little later. Also, coming up at nine o'clock, around nine thirty, as a matter of fact, we'll pass out a pair of tickets for Smash It Up Demolition Derby at the Stark County Fairgrounds. That's happening on June the twenty fourth. Oh my gosh! That's this weekend. Let's roll some change. Head up to head up to Metro PCS, pay your bill. That way you can call us at 9.30. You know, I, I said this earlier, and it's totally true. Do people pick on the NASCAR people, on the Smash Em Up Derby people, on the yeah. WWE people? And it's just like, you're just allowed. You're just allowed to just like tee off. It's like the one group of people, you're just allowed to tee right off on them. I, wonder, I don't know why that is. It's weird. But we will pass those tickets out. I kind of want to go to that. I don't know why you wouldn't want to go to that. I can't believe in all the radio stations you work for, none of them made you sit in a smash em up derby. I had to do that. No, I mean, I've been a part of things before, but I've never been like in the vehicle. And honestly, I'd probably be like, yeah, dude, I don't want whiplash. I don't want to be a part of that. Like, I'm not trying to die out there. No, I didn't. They didn't. Nobody gave me the choice and no. said, you either do this or you no longer work here. Like, so it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing that. Choices would be good. I, I, I would like that. I, I, I never seem to really have those. So, every guy who's ever closed a bar knows one thing. Don't try to wrestle a pig. Like, if you close a bar down, you know. Dude, don't wrestle pigs. That's oh, bad. Okay. That's right. bad. But a pork farmer has learned the hard way that brawling with a pig is not a good idea. This happened in uh, southwestern Mexico, where Miguel Anya Pablo, 60, has died after wrestling with one of his pigs. He came home drunk from a party and started fighting with a pig, which he kept in his home. The animal, during the fight... Bit his testicles. Jeez. And three fingers off of his right hand. Jeez. He was rushed to the hospital, but has died due to the injuries. Imagine having a pig chomp on your testicles. No, I'm not going to imagine that at all, dude. That sounds absolutely terrible. Wasn't that movie? What was the movie? Snatch, where they talk about, like, yeah. if you want to get rid of bodies, you dump them in a. In a 
Yeah. In the thing of pigs, and yeah. they'll they'll go right through bone. And it was um. Is that accurate? I, I just always believe that. I don't. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, dude, if it's in a Guy Ritchie movie, it's got to be true. <laughs> then it's real. Um, but it was also in Hannibal. Remember where oh, where yeah. they were they were they were feeding people to pigs there. Dude, a man like that, drunk or not, a pig gnawing on your balls would hurt. I, you know, I, I I am definitely in the thought of like. You shouldn't have animals that could kill you in your home, but like I wouldn't expect a pig to be able to kill me. So if I came home all drunk, you know what I mean, and I was I was I was in the mood. I don't know, maybe I'll fight a pig, square up with a pig. I could see myself like trying to hug it, like come on, buddy, let's be pals. You know what I mean? Get over here. And and it's an animal, so it doesn't understand that are now reduced to being a drunk animal, and you know what I mean, are trying to be friendly with it. And I could see myself being attacked by a pig like that. Because I would want to be its buddy. You know what I mean? <laughs> All hammered, trying to eat its food. Come on, man. Share. But, I mean, there's no good way to lose your life. No. But having your testicles ripped off by a pig. Oh. Ugh. Jesus, dude. Every guy right now is just like crunched, like just leaned over in their car like, dude, quit t- about Seriously, dude, we're all we're all we're all building a wall because we're worried about immigrants, dude. I'm worried about these ball biting pigs, dude. Build all right, that well, wall. I mean, dude, come build on. There's wall. there's been one ball biting pig in Mexico. Ah, they're all rapists. I assume there's some good ones in there too. <laughs> when they send us the pig, they're not sending us the best pigs. They're sending us the ball biting pigs. Dear God, this is the second testicle story of the morning. <laughs> You know, when I ask for a raise next week, I'm pretty sure this is why, I, why I'm not going to get it. Well, I mean, it was Monday. You started the week off with two testicle stories, Stansberry. That's one more than we, we would like. Let's, let's reduce the amount of testicle story. You know what? I'm going to talk about something else next on Rock 106.9. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. If you miss Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com, you can podcast that. At 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. Tomorrow on the program, 9 o'clock, is New Tour Tuesday. Looking ahead, we have uh, new Aaron Lewis for you, new Calvin Harris as well, still uh, debating on the third. And if you're in a local band, DJ, singer, songwriter, no matter what it is, send me some stuff. WRQK.com. Send me your song, a little bio. We'd love to uh, add a local to New Tour Tuesday as we, uh, as we like to do. There's a third that I'm thinking about, and the reason why is because it's being described as full cop. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's what we'll divulge ourselves into tomorrow. That actually sounds like that might be decent. A little bit of full cop right there. Good lord! You know, yesterday was Father's Day, and we opened the show this morning at six, kind of talking about—at least I did—talking about how I think dads kind of get screwed over. It's like you know, Mother's Day kind of feels important, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right, my dad, uh, you know, impregnated my mom, so here's a tie. It just feels like, and and again, I feel like this is one of these things where men are sold that celebration about you is makes you feminine in some way or inferior oh but i mean you don't want to you don't want to what do i want to say contribute to the pussification of america isn't that always no i think thanking somebody for raising you properly is okay though and i think that that's all right whether it be mom or dad right but i mean you know i just think a, a a a handshake and a thank you dad is going to go further with him than you know or at least that's what we've all been sold is that you know yeah i think men pretend that that's what that is and i think you've been sold this thing that if you have enjoyment in your life that you're secretly a sissy and there's and i think that it's kind of sad because moms are I said this earlier 
The way it's sold to you is that women are the most important person in the family, and the dad's just the idiot who got her pregnant. And I, you know, there's well, there probably is some truth That's to what that. I was say. <laughs> there I mean, probably like, are. Isn't that kind of what it, it is. Just, it, 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 I don't know. It just, it's always kind of bothered me that. Well, bothered's too far, but it's always just it's it's been noticeable to me that men are kind of treated with an afterthought on this. But you're 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 buying into that same stereotype of saying, oh, bothered's a little too far. Like it's okay if you're bothered, you you know you can be bothered there. You don't yeah, I don't to, love it. You don't have to be a snowflake just because something you have an opinion on something. Yeah, I don't love it. I okay. think honestly that that men and women should be treated equal in this manner. Okay. That Father's Day should be as big of a deal as Mother's Day is. It never will be, but it should be. All right, and. One of the saddest things I saw, I was, on, I was just posted up on the couch yesterday, just shoving my fat face full of food watching the U.S. Open. And so I also spent a lot of time on social media because I was you know, bored on the couch. Right, because you're a glutton for punishment. Good right. Lord, just sitting there on social media on a Sunday. No, thank you. And what, one of the things I saw yesterday surrounding Father's Day that made me very sad for people is not the my dad died posts. You yeah. saw a lot of those. But the... Screw my dad who needed him anyway, never knew him. And I was like, you know what I mean? And I understand that feeling. Yeah. But putting it out there into the world, much like when people break up and they post about how happy, like, I'm so over my ex, blah, blah, blah. No, dude, if you were, you wouldn't be posting about it. That's what people who are over things are. They don't mention it because they're legitimately over it. And when I saw people doing that, A, it's sad that your dad abandoned you when you were a kid. That sucks. Like, that's an awful thing to do. But... You are still holding on to that. And if I were you, I would look into that. I mean, of course they are. And I think that's probably part of the reason why they're doing it is because, like, yeah, I'm still totally holding on to this. I think my thing here is more than than that. It's like... It's like being a single person on Valentine's Day or an atheist on Christmas where it's like everything doesn't have to be about you. I'm sorry that you and your dad had a terrible relationship or no relationship at all, but, like, dumping on dads isn't exactly... Yesterday wasn't the day for that. Yeah. You, I see. You, you, you it's like separate yourself. It's like Valentine's Day. You see people make this post all the time. I say 15% by switching to single. First of all, you didn't switch to single. You're a miserable loser, and yeah. no woman wants to be with you. Like that's what that is. I'm in a relationship with myself. No, it's that's because not- it's because you're awful, and nobody can find a redeeming quality about you. It's called masturbation, not a relationship. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's, that's the opposite of relationship. Yeah, and now listen, it I- just made me sad for people because honestly, like I bag on my parents a lot, even my mom. But the truth is, my mom was great, and so was my dad. As far as, like, from what I read from other people, my parents were pretty damn good. You know what I mean? Like, I even talked to my mom yesterday. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and so, like, that relationship's getting better and better as time goes on. And it just made me sad for people because it's like, Jesus Christ, who's raising you people or who's not raising you? I, I think I saw plenty of of that. I think I also saw a decent amount of dads who... And I don't want to say, like, just because you're not with the mom, but, like, dads who have their kids twice a month, like, oh, dude, look at me, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. And I also saw a lot of kids taking pictures with their dads or, you know, whatever, dads taking pictures with their sons. And I just, like, dude, if your dad has knuckle tattoos, I feel bad for you. Yeah. yeah, no tattoo acceptance in the workplace, blah, 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 blah. But, like, if your dad's got a money bag tattooed on his neck, I don't know. Maybe it'd be better if you didn't have a dad. I don't know. Yeah, I can co-sign that one. I, uh, I, yeah. I just, you, I also, yeah, I saw a lot of this, too, yesterday. Where pissed off dads talking about how the mom won't let 
you yeah. see your kids. It's yeah. like, guys, your kids are growing up. And they're going to read this stuff. They're going to see this stuff. Why are you not thinking about that? Don't throw it out there in public, guys. I mean, I know. Well, I mean, I can only imagine how frustrating it is. And I'm sure there's plenty of dudes listening right now who have a terrible baby mama. But for as angry as you are, quit putting that out for the world to see. More importantly, when it does go to court, when you do eventually have to, you know, take things into the legal system. And she's going to be like, look at what he said here. And look at what he said here. And look at what he said here. And you're just going to be sitting there in the courtroom like, damn, dude, probably shouldn't have typed all that. It just seems very strange. We'll tell you how to be a dad. Don't worry. Neither one of us have done it. We'll tell you how to do it. Yeah, but if I got somebody pregnant, I would man up. You don't run out on her. Man up with 400 bucks and a trip to Planned Parenthood. No, don't make that joke. Don't make that joke. Just leave it there. Just 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 leave leave it it right there. I just, I know, I felt a little bad yesterday for some people. You know what I mean? Like, my dad died, and, you know, it's sad. People, you know, were hitting me up all day yesterday, and, and you know, about it, saying, hey, I know you were, you know, pretty close to your dad. It's got to be a tough day for you. And I'll tell you the truth. My dad's been dead 15 years. What's more sad for me now is that it's not sad on Father's Day anymore. That it's more like, okay, yeah, you know what? That'd be cooler if he was here. But, like, I'm through the other side of it, really. Yeah. And so it's there's a, there was a little bit of, like, when I saw the commercials yesterday where I was like, man, this doesn't pull on my heartstrings like it did five years ago. Even. Well, I mean, you know, there's never going to be infinite sadness. but Which is probably good. Right. That's growth as a person right. is what that is. Um, but you mentioned you called your mom, and I'm sure you guys yeah, talked, we talked about your dad. Yeah. Talked about, you know, that relationship. You know, all the good and- things he did. And- how Terrible he would, things you do, I'm sure. How he was always bitching about what I'm bitching about right now, which is everybody like would carry moms on shoulders for Mother's Day, but like Dad is like, yeah, here's a tie, idiot. I know we're up against it. Um, did you see any single moms like, yo, happy Father's Day to me because I'm the mom I'm and both the parents. dad. Is that acceptable or is that, I mean. I mean, acceptable. I mean, that's a weird term. I think it's weird. I think it's strange. You're you're not a father. You're a, you're a single parent. And that's to be applauded because I'm sure it's a hard gig and I wouldn't want it. No, but it doesn't make you. It doesn't automatically make you a father, and so no, you don't get to cash in on the day. I, I you know, I don't like that. That seems strange to me. I just, you know, I feel like dads just need a little bit more pat on the back. And guys, accept it. Don't be so closed off about like, oh no, if I do, if I accept a compliment, I'm now a homo. I mean, that's the way it's. It's just weird. It's just strange. I don't get it. I feel like dads need a little bit more credit. More stuff going on. I'm just happy Father's Day is over. Golf courses are now back to being empty. I'm out there on my own now again. I like it. I like it. People are trying to make some changes to food stamps because the perception is that people waste that money or there's fraud going on. And somebody examined actually who eats the most junk food and that kind of stuff, and the answers will shock you. We'll give you all of that. That will be next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here for the CSE Federal Credit Union. I've been using CSE since moving down here to Stark County. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. 930, we'll pass out a pair of tickets for the Smash Em Up Demolition Derby at the Stark County Fairgrounds, June 24th. I have to keep that email open to remember the title of that, and I can't, that just finds, that strikes me as funny, that I would need to be reminded exactly what that is called. But it is the Smash Em Up Demolition Derby. I'm sure they appreciate that. The, the fine folks at, at Smash Em Up Entertainment 
I'm sure they uh, they appreciate it. That's going down at Stark County Fairgrounds June 24th, 9.30. We'll give you those tickets. That's this weekend, baby. Watch is- cars destroy each other. June's almost over. Dude, this year is flying by for me. Yeah, dude. I mean, we're halfway through the halfway point of the year. Jeez. One six. Yeah, it's crazy. We're nearing the end of the program. This is when I start to get a little hungry. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so you're ready to rage out? No, I, uh, but, I, but, but I am hungry. And so I'm already starting to think, <laughs> but I, so I'm already starting to think about what I want for lunch. All and right. that kind of goes into what we're getting ready to talk about here. Okay. Somebody did some analysis to figure out who eats, and this is what they're calling junk food. And I want to be careful about that because let's be honest about this. Quick service restaurants, fast food service restaurants are a huge advertiser of the radio business. And a huge part of Sainsbury's diet. So I don't want to necessarily call it junk food. It's quick service food. Yeah, and I I think even even those restaurants will um, admit. admit, Don't eat this every day. This is a a moderation thing. This, you know, people use it in a different fashion, but. And. People have always held the uh, the idea, and you've heard it come from the speakers from this show plenty of times, that poor people eat this stuff because it's high calorie count for low dollar amount. Right. And that so we've always assumed that people on the lower economic scale are eating this stuff more than anyone else. It's convenient. It's um everywhere, and it's affordable. So, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty safe assumption. So the math has come out, and it doesn't support that. The math is... Within five and a half to seven percent of the time, like we all eat it the same amount. Super rich people, middle of the road, poor people. Okay, we all eat this stuff within seven percent of one another. Okay, so no one group of 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 respondents is eating this stuff that much more than anybody else. Yes, because I think at the end of the day, a big part of it is the convenience. That's that's a huge part of that equation. It's not always so much like, well, is it a healthy decision or is it a financial decision? It's like, no, this is just I'm hungry now and I can get this now. If you think about what fast food is, quick service food, it's so smart to be in that in that business. So smart to be in, in, in that field. Like, honestly, so much so where honestly, I kind of wish I could find the right like a restaurant to be able to get in on a franchise. Cause if you think about it, food's not one of those things you want, you need it. Uh-huh. It's a necessity. Uh-huh. So now did you give people something that they absolutely need and is like, is pleasurable on another way where it tastes so good. That's twofold to, to get the money. I mean, you're never going to go broke selling that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty safe uh, investment there. If you're really thinking about that, I would recommend, um, the lowest the startup cost for any of those fast food places. And they kind of get you on the back end the of Chick-fil-A. it. The Chick-fil-A. Yeah. The reason why I worry about that, that is because people know what the politics of that place is and it weighs in. Dude, there's a line every single day in Belden. You know what I mean? I don't think that plays in at all anymore. Really? There, dude, there, go, uh, drive by, drive by Belden this afternoon. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, people will still eat it. I, I just would, you know, this is a whole separate conversation. Just shut up about what your politics are and sell me cheeseburgers. That's what I, you know what I mean? Or chicken okay. sandwiches, whatever it is you're in. Just, I don't care about your politics. Just sell me food. But it's got me thinking like getting in. It's like, this is what restaurants fail, but chains won't. You know what I mean? They say it's like 60% of restaurants will close within the first two years of being open. And that's because you're kind of going out there on your own trying to give people like your version of food. Just give them what they want. Oh, yeah, dude. I would I would say it's a much safer bet for you to open up another Subway versus like Stansberry's. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. 
But I found this interesting. They say middle America, which is you and I would fall into that. You know, middle class America. We actually eat this more than poor people and more than rich people. Out of the three groups, middle America actually eats it the most. And that should make sense. You're going back and forth to work. You've probably got kids. You got to feed them fast. You got to get it in. And it's like people can talk about how these places are, you know, with all all the organic and all this stuff, it's going to shut this stuff. No, it's not. You're never going to shut down a convenient, taste good business ever. Well, I mean, rich people have other options available to them. Rich people aren't going to have so much of an issue of like, eh, dude, whatever. If I didn't make dinner tonight, I can go sit down and order, you know, a $35 meal. Life's fine. Poor people, it's probably a lot less. Oh, dude, I don't have an extra $7 to go to the through the fast food line where you and I were right in that sweet middle right there where it's like, yeah, I got a little bit of expendable income, but I don't want to I don't want to blow it all on like a fancy dinner. Right. But I'm not going, you know, I, I've got enough where if I'm hungry, I'm going to get a spicy chicken sandwich. They talk to rich people about this, about why do you eat this stuff? And of course, it makes sense. Rich people put a premium not on their money, not on their weight gain, not on any of this. They put a premium on their time. Time is what is is what rich people focus on because they understand that, it, it, dude, if they take time away from working, they're going to make less money. You know, the rich, the Uber, they're they're constantly thinking about the next business deal, and so sitting down for a two hour dinner doesn't doesn't help them. Just give them something quick, they'll eat it, and then right back to the grind. And they say that that's the biggest thing is the convenience. I got a, like, I thought about a food truck. I've been thinking about, and me and my buddy kind of want to go in together on this, but I'm starting to think if I'm going to put my, my financial future on the line, if I'm going to take out a business loan to do this, I think I kind of want to get in bed with one of the big fast food chains and do that. You think, so what, what is Chick-fil-A? Do they take it all back on the back end? Well, yeah, it's the easiest and like the cheapest and you, you have to have the least amount of, of actual liquid cash in your account there and they'll help you the most on the front end, but you end up paying for it long term and obviously you can't be open on sunday so you cut a day off of your profit yeah which uh, that one's always killed me if you're going to be in the quick service food business you gotta sell sandwiches on hangover day <laughs> you know what i mean like for me you gotta sell sandwiches on hangover day I, but they don't i bet you sunday is the most uh, what do i want to say and when it comes to uh, buzz about chick-fil-a i bet you sunday is their biggest social media day just because everyone's like oh it's sunday and i can't get chick-fil-a it sucks and you know what I mean? And that just builds that, like, Mystique, man, I want it, Mystique. I want it, I want it. Uh, yeah. It makes you feverish for yeah. it. You take it away from them every once in a while, and now that makes you want, appreciate it all that much more. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I could maybe see that. I uh, I thought this was very interesting because, again, we've always said, well, yeah, of course, poor people, but the math doesn't support it. The math does not support that. We all love this stuff. Some people try to pretend like they don't, but you're eating French fries just like everybody else in America. If there's one thing that kind of sums up this country, quick service food would be it. That's That, to me, is America's pastime. It's not baseball. It's double cheeseburgers for a dollar. That is the America pastime. We have a pair of tickets for the Smash Em Up Demolition Derby, June 24th at the Stark County Fairgrounds. You'll get hooked up with them next on Rock 106.9. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9. We have those Smash Em Up Demolition Derby tickets. That's going down Stark County Fairgrounds this coming weekend. We'll pass those out here shortly. Now, I read this story out of Pennsylvania where a dad has been sentenced to a maximum of four years in state prison and I'm all for it after his 13 year old daughter was hospitalized after drinking 17 shots of vodka happy father's day Charles Younger had previously pleaded guilty to child endangerment he was sentenced 
last week. The girl's mother also had pleaded guilty to the charge. She was sentenced up to 23 months in Lee County Jail last week. The parents provided their daughter and another 15-year-old with liquor for the daughter's 13th birthday in January. The 13-year-old vomited and passed out. Police say that the parents then fled the scene. Jeez, come on, guys. I mean, make a bad decision and stand by it, at least. During a court hearing, the father could be heard saying that excuse me, that his kids mean everything to him. Then you don't give a 13-year-old 17 shots of vodka. What are you thinking? First of all, you don't give a 13-year-old a shot of vodka. Yeah, I, I mean, especially in those first like couple of times of drinking, um, you don't know when to pull that handbrake. You don't know when enough is enough. You have no real perspective. I can I can like totally remember the first time I got drunk, and it was just so easy to overdo because you didn't know the feelings. You didn't know the the warning signs. You didn't know like, oh, dude, that's too much. Yeah, your body will give you red flags with liquor, but you, but it, you have to go too far before you learn them. Right. I'm not trying to stand up for this dude at all. You should not give your your 13 year old a bottle a bottle of liquor. Um, but there's 13 year olds all over the. And I was a juvenile delinquent. There's no question about it. Age 13, I was definitely getting drunk. I mean, for sure I was. Right, but not with parental consent. Right, and that changes things for me. And right. you know what I mean. And and you point out that is just about a bottle of booze. It, it, any good bar owner will tell you that if you have a responsible bartender and they're watching what they pour, a good a decent bottle of booze should yield you 22 shots per bottle. Now you end up then setting your pars and setting your business on 18 shots due to spillage and some things like that. But 17 shots is almost a bottle of liquor. A bottle of liquor is too much to give anybody. That's too much to give somebody who's over the age of 21. That would de- definitely be the definition of overserved in a bar. So this is just, I mean, this is awful parenting on twofold here. Yeah, I mean, w- would it be any more responsible if you gave your 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 thirteen year old a, a six mini bottles of vodka and said, "Well, here's your here's your no. evening for you." But no. I mean, but would it be more responsible? Kind of, right? I mean, at least then. No. At that, but then at that point, you know that they can't they can't drink an entire bottle of liquor. I I just well right, but that's setting an awful yardstick to as like well the bottle is where you get too far. We're talking about parents who let their kids drink. I was so gonna say I, I don't I don't think there's a responsible way to give your kid vodka. Like and so what inevitably what's going to happen is somebody's going to send me this message. Is it wrong if I let my son have a beer after mowing the grass? Wrong gets us into a weird territory. I will tell you, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're letting your kid underage drink, that's wrong. I would not do that. I know a lot of parents like to make the argument of, well, if they're drinking in my basement, I know where they are and I know what they're doing versus what they're doing. And I I understand that there's some decent logic in that. But for me, I think that the negative still outweighs the positive, and ultimately you're sending the message that it's okay that this behavior is taken part of. Well, and you're taking responsibility for it at that point, so that's kind of the thing you have to remember, is if something does happen, like a 13-year-old passes and out or dies, and, or somebody you know, gets, gets not out only that, it's, your, it, it's your responsibility. Your kid's not in the basement drinking by himself, so you're making this decision for other parents in the neighborhood too, which is wrong. You should not make that decision for other people's children. Certainly, there are going to be kids that go out and do it, regardless whether you tell them they can or cannot do it. It's it's weird. It's just a weird line of like, no, I'm not going to allow you to do this. But I do see why people think that like, well, it's better here than you sneaking around doing it. I get that. I yeah, like I said, I understand why people 
try to sell themselves on the logic, but if I'm going to be honest with you and run the risk of you hating me because I'm judging you for your parental styles, I'll tell you, I think a lot of that logic that you sell yourself on them, well, it's safer because they're in my house. I know what you're doing. You know what it is? You're letting yourself off the hook for not having to make the hard decision and not be hated by your child for not letting them do what they want. I think it's time for you to dig your heels in, do the hard thing, and raise your kids in a more responsible manner. That's me judging you. And if you get mad at me, I'm going to have to live with that. But you're never going to, no matter how good of a parent you are, you're never going to eliminate bad decisions. I understand that, but you know you're never going to eliminate car crashes either. But we still spend, we still set speed limits. We still have you know uh, seatbelt laws. We're never you're never going to eradicate that stuff. But you take precautions to reduce it. So should you just not let your child go out? You know what I'm saying? Because you don't know. Once you lose sight of them, you don't know what they're doing. But if my kid comes back home and I'm aware of what has happened, they're punished. Yeah, but I mean, how many times did you get one over on your parents? A million, right? A lot of times. So A lot of times. But I would say that the fact that I had to get over on them is why I'm alive today. Is why my life is... And I bitch and complain about my life, but ultimately my life's pretty good. I got two jobs I really like. I have an apartment I like. I have a car I like. I, I've got all these... I, I have, Dude, my life's pretty good. It'd be cool to have a girlfriend. I don't have one right now. I'm sure I'll get one in the next few months or whatever. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think those restrictions by my parents, which ultimately, I always come back to this, restrictions are love. That's what they are. If you love somebody, you will protect them from themselves, especially when they are adolescents, because they don't know what's best. You are supposed to know what's best. And if you let down on your gig like that, I think you harm everybody. I really do. Now, I know some of you are just now like, I'm never listening to you ever again because my I had a high school graduation party here and the whole town got hammered at my basement. You think I'm an awful parent. If that's where you're at right now with me right now, I'm like I said, I'm going to have to live with that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, restrictions are love. That's you doing what's hard, which is parenting, in my opinion. My estimation, the hard way. And again, right now, a lot of you are screaming at the radio, you're an idiot. You don't even have kids. How do you know? And I always go back to this. I thought about how hard these situations were, how difficult it was going to be having to deal with it as a parent, and then use those to come up with the decision not to have children. I thought about this long length. It's not just like, I don't want kids because I want to sleep in on Saturday. That's not it. It's a big part. It's a huge part. But raising kids is difficult, and it's something you elect to do, and I didn't want any more responsibility than the world absolutely was going to thrust on me. I made this decision. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. An angry dad just sent me a message and said, you know, if you end up having kids, you're totally going to let your 17-year-old son have a beer one day. And you know what? I guess I don't know that that's untrue. You know? And and I guess maybe I came off a little judgmental. Um, But so maybe I will let my 17-year-old have a beer one day. I don't know. I'd like to think I wouldn't, and I don't know that I would technically. My, neither one of my parents drank my, the entire time I was alive. Like I never saw my dad have a beer ever. Where's that line in the sand then? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know how I say a beer after cutting the grass is okay, but funneling fireballs not. Right. I don't know how I do that. There. I mean, you're allowing your kid to break the law there. I. I, I don't know. I, I kind of disagree. I, yeah, I don't know what I will do in that situation. But but I I can't. I guess I can't staunchly say I would never do it because I'm not in this situation. Wait, you don't let your kid smoke weed? Nah, it's not as bad as doing heroin. He's not slamming heroin into his yeah, arm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I don't like that either. I, I'm not wild about that either. The, the drinking or doing drugs with your kids. 
once, I mean, dude, if your kid's 21 and you want to go to the bar with your son, that's, that's a completely different thing. Your son's an adult at that point. But giving 17 shots of vodka to a 13-year-old girl, I'm not going to feel terrible by telling you people not to do that. When weed inevitably becomes, uh, like, legal and it, it's going to happen gonna have regulation later. Well, right. <laughs> but, I mean, would you let your kid smoke cigarettes with you? Are you going to let your 17-year-old be like, all right, dude, let's chief out some, some, some Marlboro Reds here? Probably not. I don't know. It seems like a bad time just hanging out in the, in the, in the garage Drinking Bud Heavy, smoking Marlboro Reds with your kid sounds awful if you ask me. Oof, yeah, that does not sound good. <laughs> that sounds really bad. We have to end the show on a uh, on a little bit of a somber note. Okay. Um, somebody has shared this with me. It's out of Canton, Ohio, right here, where a mother has taken to Facebook and um, saying that uh, I believe this is her 15 year old son has been missing now 24 hours. Nobody's heard from him. And Adam is his name. He's 15, dark red hair, ha- uh, hazel green eyes. He's 5'7 and about 140 pounds. She, this is her Facebook post. My day is starting off bad. Canton, Ohio. Adam has gone, been gone for almost 24 hours. No one has heard from him. If anyone sees him, please hold him until we can get him. He's on the run, and I don't know where he is. Please call Canton Police or message me uh, directly on Facebook if you have any information. I'm really worried. All of his clothes are gone, and he took his sister's book bag. Any help would be greatly appreciated. So it sounds like a runaway situation, like a running away situation, but we don't know that. Well, I mean, how quickly can a running away situation turn into something far worse? I mean, you're a 15-year-old kid out there on the streets of Canton by yourself. I mean, that can quickly turn into into something considerably worse. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody's kind of been there where, where you were young and your parents did something you didn't like. And so you were going to threaten to run away or you were going to do it temporarily to, to kind of like shake them and to, to get them to see your side of it. But that kind of sounds like what's happening here, but right. we don't know that. Um, but uh, you know, I've never been a parent, but uh, still I can sympathize and say, man, what an awful feeling. Yeah. It's, it's getting shared pretty much all over Facebook right now. And I mean, a kid looks like your average teenage kid coming up in America right right now. So, you know, the public can obviously help in these situations. And I, uh, I would like to think that maybe Adam's even listening to the Stansberry show right now. Dude, go home, go home, home, man, go Go home. home. Can you look up one thing for me on the fly real quick? Do my best. And, uh, can you look up, I'm being told via Twitter that it's not illegal to give your own kids alcohol. Um, I think there's a gray area there, but I'll look it up. Yeah. Can, can you find out what you can just real quick before we head out of here? We do have the Smash em Up Demolition Derby tickets. That's actually the name. I'm not paraphrasing there. Uh, that's going down June 24th, Stark County Fairgrounds. We will get you hooked up with those here shortly, but uh, my crack research team, Fantone, over here, get me the info. Uh, important exceptions to the laws discussed above. Under Ohio law, children under the age of 21 may drink an alcoholic beverage while under the supervision of their parents. That means one parent or legal guardian must be can must give consent and be physically present while the child consumes the alcohol. So then how do we then charge parents whose <coughs> whose whose kids end up drunk? Is there a limit to how many drinks I can give my kid? Um it says in this beverage it does not say beverages. So I don't know if that's important exceptions to the rule therefore supervised drinking in a private residency um 
Legal businesses to sell alcohol to parents who then will give it to their child. So, yeah, dude, you know what? Hey, if you're allowed to, get your kid drunk. Who cares? Give him, I, dude, give him a whole bottle of vodka. And I don't understand how we're charging parents for, for this. I, I don't get that. Other kids? You know what I mean? Yeah, probably. Yeah, endangerment of a child is still going to be a thing. Dr- drinking by yourself would I, suck. I knew this. I knew. Yeah, exactly. I knew this was going to come up. People would say, don't forget, sometimes you're 17, you graduate high school and join the Marines. It's okay to be shot, but can't have a beer. I will admit to you that there is something strange about that. And that that's not right. But ultimately, I've always been okay with that because the rule is still what's better off for the most, for the majority of the country. Well, and, and I would say that this is what I would do is that I would make the exception that if you're serving in the armed services and you have a military ID, I'd let you buy beer with that. That if you were 18 and, and that I would be like, you know what? Yeah, obviously. And, it might be two birds, one stone there. Some stuff gets fixed. What you're turning yourself into there, though, or the problem you're opening yourself up to is you're going to have a bunch of 18-year-olds be like, well, pff, I'll just I'll go buy beer for alcohol, everybody. Right? Yeah, but the, there's still there, there's rules against that. So if you get caught doing that, then it could be a problem. But I, I it, it, that's the way I've always chosen to fix that, where if you have a military ID, you can buy beer with that. I, I, be, I would totally live. And even if they wanted to limit it because you're 18 to beer only. I don't know why make the distinction, right. but I would maybe think about doing that. I mean, what difference is it between, oh, dude, I don't like beer, I want to drink a Jack and Coke? The difference would be that America would be easier with it, and you could get it done, I think, that way. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think you could get it done that way, and that's the only, but that is the only difference, and it would be a split hair thing, but I, but I would meet you there. And I still think ultimately not giving it, not allowing 18 year old people, even though technically you're considered to be an adult, alcohol is still is better ultimately for the rest of us. Should an 18 year old be able to an 18 year old serving in the military, therefore be able to rent a car? You know, what yes. I mean? stuff like that. Yes, like, I would make exceptions for people so, who have made this decision. Yes, I would. So if you serve in the military, any age restricted law no longer applies. To I you? don't know about any. Let's be careful because I don't know what they all are. But for those two presented in this conversation. Conversation, yes, I would move. I would move the line. Yes, I would. If you were, if you were an adult making that decision to serve your country, I would make special exceptions for you. And I don't, I don't think that that's that crazy. I really don't. I don't know if I'm right, but I, that's just how I personally feel about it. If anybody walked away offended by what I said about not giving your kids booze, I personally think you're really mad at you inside because you think I'm right. I really do, but I could be way wrong. And I, I and I'm done walking back the statement. We do have the Smash em Up Demolition Derby tickets going down June 24th. We're going to end the program right here by giving you those. We'll take caller 20 right now, 1-800-243-7625. Send you to that. Aside from that, done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. is when the show will start. You guys have a great afternoon. See you.